0: Hey, before we get started, I wanted to say thanks to a couple sponsors that keep the show on the air. Physical Therapy and Balance Centers, they were created by PTs, especially for PTs in private practice. On average, a private practice who joins the physical network grows more than 40%. So if you're ready to discover how the largest network of PT private practice owners are growing and adapting to industry changes, visit physicalfranchise.com. That's F-Y-Z-I-C-A-L-Franchise.com. And our friends from MW Therapy, they want to know, hey, have your EMR costs grown out of control? Has your current EMR hit a wall? Or maybe it was invented in 2007 when smartphones weren't even a thing. There's a time for something better at times now. MW Therapy. Take a demo now at MWTherapy.com. That's MWTherapy.com, where switching over your EMR is easy. And our friends at cbdrx for You, your CBD store, get the ABCs of CBD at CBDRX4U.com. That's CBDRX, the number four, the letter U, dot com.
1: We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. This is the PT Pinecast.
0: All right, there we go. Welcome to PT Pinecast. We, uh, we share great physical therapy conversations, so busy PTs... Can feel co- connected to their profession. I'm your host, Jim McKay. Before we get started, I do want to say thanks to uh, some organizations helping to keep the show on the air, as they say, keep the pirate ship afloat. This is pretty much a radio show in my basement. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna gloss it over for you. That's really what this is. So without you guys, it's just me talking to myself. Uh, do you want to say thanks to our friends at Physical Therapy and Balance Centers? If you want to open a PT practice, but you don't know how to do that. I don't know if I would just do it willy-nilly. Don't do anything willy-nilly. If you're thinking about selling your practice, there's some things you should consider. Uh, Know this, on average, a private practice that joins the physical network grows more than 40%. 40% is higher than inflation. Not by much, but close. And you want that kind of growth. So reach out. Uh, physicalfranchise.com. They spell it funny physical, F Y Z I C A L, physicalfranchise.com. Also, your CBD store, get the ABCs of CBD at CBDRX4U.com. And last thing I'll leave you with an EMR is to a physical therapist as a hammer is to a carpenter. You deserve to love using it, you're gonna be using it a lot time for something better it's time for something customizable that's where mw therapy comes in take a demo of their amazing emr now at mwtherapy.com that is mwtherapy.com great show for you tonight we do one of these episodes every once in a while and i like them because it's complete fish out of water right i'm like intrigued by the information but i'm not an expert in it and that's the beauty of having your own radio show in a basement. You get to bring in experts and they teach you stuff. Uh, Today we're talking about gratitude. We're talking about self-compassion. We're learning how to, I don't know, love each other better or love ourselves. I'm looking at no one as if to give me like a hint here. Um, Frequent guest of the show, Jamie Hagenbaugh, Dr. Hagenbaugh is in, the doctor is in. So let's start the program, shall we? All right, there we go. Welcome to PT Pinecast. I'm your host, physical therapist, Sean McKay. We share great physical therapy conversations, so busy PTs can feel connected to their profession. You can find us online at PT Pinecast. That's on the uh, the socials. There it is across the bottom. If you're watching a live stream on Twitter, YouTube, or Facebook, that's where you can follow us. Also, the website, uh, ptpinecast.com. That's where we have uh, the Pinecast store. You, if you watch them a live stream, you can get cool, like, canned koozies like this. Now, my lawyer did remind me, any similarity from this logo right here that I'm holding and a major soft drink brand, it's an accident. All right. So go see what's available there. We got $19 t-shirts and koozies and tumblers all with stupid, stupid PT sayings that only we laugh out loud at. We are, we think this is hysterical. We use a lot of jokes with the word with the with the word tibia. It's going tibia okay, right? That's funny if you're a PT. Other people roll their eyes at us. So that's ptpinecast.com. Uh, Let's bring in today's guest because so far the show is just me talking to myself for three and a half minutes without further ado. Frequent flyer on the program, Jamie Hagenbaugh. Jamie, welcome back to the show.
2: Hey, what's cooking, Jimmy? You've really, uh, you've really beefed up the intro since the last time we did. You got to beef it up.
0: You yeah. really did beef it you up. You know what? I think you were one of the first guests that we used Streamyard with. That I, I was like, it.
2: yeah, I was, yeah, because you were so pumped about you being able to do it.
0: I was like, this is cool. I don't, really, yeah. I mean, a radio guy being able to now host a TV show in, uh, in essence, that's what this is when we do a live stream. I was very like. Excited! I didn't know what the hell was going on. I now have eye contact with people again. I'm yeah. like, oh, my God, because I used to do this mostly by phone. I mean, we've done interviews where it's just phone, and that's like, yeah. I don't know. It's good. I like that. But also, like, this is a little bit like, okay, give me some eye contact. Give me some body language and whatnot. It's
2: definitely more engaging.
0: It's more engaging for me. It's more engaging for the guest. Who cares about the audience? They listen yeah. to the podcast anyway.
2: And But you can tell they're ha- we're having a good time.
0: Correct. You All right. And uh, Koozie has, looks I,
2: nothing like any soft drink I've ever seen.
0: So. Nothing, right? This is nothing. very, very, very original. Very the color, original. color and everything. Yeah, exactly. Go check out the uh, the 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 doctor of physical therapy Tumblr and can Koozie, whatever. These things are like Yetis, but they're not. So they're way less expensive. But I've left like ice in these things overnight or whatever. Ice cold. Don't buy the brand name. Buy this for like forty eight percent off and just. Yeah have funnier things anyway all right first question is always the hardest uh the question is jamie what are we drinking
2: um so i'm drinking a hometown favorite um it's from equilibrium brewery in middletown new york it's called straight out of middletown uh southeast uh, southeast edition i guess okay south by southeast pretty good beer
0: equilibrium that's where that's like where i'm from you got yep, that right down
2: the road middletown right
0: down the road, Middletown here i am not drinking anything local i am drinking like a can of it's not even beer it's jack daniels tennessee honey whiskey honey lemonade oh wow somebody it's like when you throw a party and someone leaves something behind oh, you're like all right and i've had one and you shouldn't have two of these you should <laughs> have one but you shouldn't have a second all right so cheers to you cheers to you my friend i'm drinking on the wrong side of the can
2: I just realized that this is a ten percent beer, so I think this will have to be a
0: quick interview. It's going to be That's, a little I rough at the it, end. It's hard inter, inter, uh, information out of the way first. Owens Recovery Science bringing you the first round, of single source for PTs, uh, looking for certification and personalized blood flow restriction rehabilitation training. Find them online at owensrecoveryscience.com dot com. They also have their own podcast because why not? Everybody and their mom now has their own podcast. Yeah. It is conveniently named the Owens Recovery Science podcast johnny and my team going deep on all things bfr all right so we we bring jamie in to teach us stuff about ourselves self-care what what are, what, what episodes have we, what, have, what have we done before i feel like we learned stuff so like we, we did be-
2: uh cognitive distortions got um, it i think that was the last one i think we've done something on burnout um, yes which was which that was that was over the phone that was old school
0: did we do imposter syndrome or do we just always talk about that? Or do I, I always you and ask? I
2: talk about imposter syndrome right. a ton?
0: We should maybe, do that soon.
2: I think that this... should be. Well, the reason when you asked me to be on, I was like, well, what's a good one? Because we're thinking about students like what's a good one for the end of the year? Because that's where we're at. Right. Our students are are uh, taking finals and moving on and even graduating. sort of thing. Right. So when I was like self-compassion, gratitude, that makes sense. But I think imposter syndrome makes sense in the beginning because we got people who are starting out. And that's one of the first things is when you hop onto a campus, you're like, I don't deserve to be here. And it's like, hold oh, up, let's pump the brakes a little bit and kind of check that. So I mean not even the just, beginning of the year.
0: Not even just there. I mean, I remember being in the middle of PT school and being like, I don't know, this was an accident, man. They probably just yeah. need the old white guy quota fulfilled, <laughs> and I was it.
2: Or it's like when you when, when something changes, right? So you get the academics down and you go and meet a patient, and they're like, Hold on a sec, I have to help this person rehab a shoulder that was blown out, and you I don't. I can't do that. Like they must have picked the wrong person. I'm in the wrong place.
1: Right. So I think and it's it anytime we good.
2: change, and then when we get a job, someone's going to pay me to do this.
0: It's very confusing.
2: Very confusing.
0: Especially when you're all right. So now we're going down a tangent, but I like tangents.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're going. We're, we're totally when on course. So that's when, about all right.
0: When I was in radio. And I, I went to a new station and I had a boss. I had imposter syndrome in the beginning. And then it faded because I was like, well, he's in charge. And as long as he's happy with everything I'm doing, I'm like, I'm good. Yeah. When I became the boss and there was no net because I was the net now, it got real impostery syndrome-y yeah. because I was like, who am I, who am I looking at? I call it the eyebrow test. Like, if you're doing something wrong, like bad or good, like you watch someone go, ooh, like, hey, that's pretty good. or ooh, that's not good. But w- when you're the boss or when you're the clinician on your own, there's no eyebrow to check. And you're like, I'm off the reservation, baby. Like, yeah. am I good? Am I close? Am I dead on? Am I so far away? And I think it's like a house built on sand. It's like it, the higher you go, the more askew it's going to get.
2: Yeah. And I think that when you become a boss, because I was a boss at one point in time, and it's just like hard to realize because it's like, well, what's my, what's my thing to let me know I'm doing. Okay. So you mentioned the eyebrow test, like yeah. the eyebrow test lets, you know, like I'm doing okay or I'm not doing okay. For me, when I think about doing therapy with people, people vote with their feet. Like if they like what I'm doing, they're coming back
1: They're oh, to, come back to cool. talk with
2: me. If they don't like what I'm doing, they're not coming back. And that's how I know I'm doing something well when I'm with regards to therapy. And then someone always has someone they're accountable to. So like yeah. when we're thinking about management, Like we might be at the top of the food chain, but there's usually someone above us, you know? So if we're really, if we're really messing up, they're going to let us know pretty quickly. But I think for us, especially as you move forward, like it's, what's your eyebrow test? Mine is people vote with their feet. They want to come back. They're going to come back. Then you're
0: doing something right. That's good for me. I don't know if we talked about this as much, but like. I usually take December off the podcast, and I do like best of because no one listens to new episodes of a podcast. Yeah, in you know, of stuff to do. Checked out, but I do like best of in case you missed some really good stuff and whatever. And I took, I usually take that December off. I've done it six years in a row, and when I come back in January, I'm like, let's go. I'm like, let's you know get shot out of a cannon because I haven't done this thing I like doing in a month. And this year, I didn't feel that. I got real nervous. Thought about just stopping the podcast. Yeah. And then what I realized was I was picking episodes based on almost like the eyebrow test. I was like, what do the audience like? Let's think in their head instead of the formula that got me here for six years, which was what does Jimmy find interesting? This and then will people like it? I don't know. But the the people that like it will find it interesting. The people that do not will not. And that's okay. And I can't please all the people all the time. And I was I was going in reverse. I was trying to like, like think in the audience's mind when I really needed, you know, I'm not saying ignore the audience. But when I s- said I just want to have Jamie on every other month, boom, mm-hmm. this way, when I look f- up and I go, oh, it's Wednesday 4:20. Um, <laughs> It's Wednesday, like Jamie's coming on. Cool. This is going to be something I learn and have fun with, as yeah. opposed to this is something I have to do. This is something I get to do. Yeah. Instant mindset shift for me.
2: Oh, I I can totally see it because it's doing something that you love. And it's so much easier to do something that you love. And we try to think for other people. We try and assume what other people want. It's never the right thing.
0: It's never the right thing.
2: I mean, you're you're closing your eyes and throwing a dart at nothing, basically water.
0: Also, like I I didn't. There was one particular episode, and it was not it was not the guest's fault. It was the topic, and I really wasn't into it, but I was forcing it. And like you can tell, like yeah. you know when you you know, and people spend time with podcast hosts. I'm not sure why, but they do, and <laughs> you can tell when someone's just not into it. And I was like. Yep. 10 minutes into a 40 minute interview i'm like i gotta carry this for 20 more minutes i don't know how i'm doing this what's going on and i'm sure the audience could feel it and they vote with their thumbs right like yeah, yeah download all or not it, I'll
2: listen to this yep
0: yeah all right well today we're talking about self-compassion and gratitude this is something you wanted to get into like
2: which two things we could probably work on just in the discussion that we had
0: right all right so first we have to define terms right because i i've said this before If I was gonna go back to school, I would go back to school for psychology. I'm not going back to school because I'm not doing that again. But I I do find a lot of it fascinating. And Mm -hmm. I read a lot of like Adam Grant and uh, who wrote Grit, Angela Duckworth. Like, Hmm. what are they? What are they, there's like organizational psychologists, social psychologists? I
2: think they're probably, I mean, I know Angela Duckworth, I've read Grit, um, really good book, Good book. we don't get any money for saying that. and I think that she works out of the University of Penn and she's like a research psychologist. So a lot of a lot of the stuff she does is she researches and then you know writes her books and you know travels the world and things like that. I don't know if she carries a practice at all, but I know she does
0: a lot of research. Well she teaches Penn. too, right? Yeah, she teaches you said she's a Penn. So she teaches it. she has a great podcast. Have you heard her podcast? No, no, I imagine it's wonderful. That book is really good. It's not, it's so it's her, it's Angela Duckworth and this guy named Stephen Dubner. And he did you ever read oh, for okay. Economics?
2: I read Freakonomics. I think he does... um,
0: He does Freakonomics radio.
2: Yeah. I thought he did something else. Like, you were got a smart or something like that.
0: It's essentially her and him just one one. They pick... Great combination. They'll pick, hey, self-compassion and gratitude, and then they'll they'll, always be a question because they're researchers. Like, does self-compassion factor into uh, employee satisfaction? And then they'll go separately research it. And then they'll come together and then like she'll tell her thing and he'll tell his. And they just then they just converse about it. But it is always about a question, which is kind of cool. All right. So, but in the beginning of their episodes, why I brought this up was they always define the term. So before we start getting to like self-compassion and gratitude, like we need to understand really what those things are from a like letter of the law definition. So what are they?
2: So when we think about, we'll break them down. So when we think about self-compassion. It's how we treat ourselves in the moments where we fail. It's the moments where we identify personal inadequacies or if we're just having a difficult struggle, right? Something in our life isn't going well. It's how we're treating ourselves during those times. And then gratitude is being able to take a step back and recognize the good that we have in our life and then seeing where that good comes from, both from the internal and the external. So, excuse me, when we think about self-compassion, usually people tend to be critical and hard on themselves, right? We tend to be our biggest critics and rarely are we our biggest cheerleaders. So that's the first part is being able to identify that and then we can work with that. The second part is realizing that a lot of us suffer with the same sort of things, right? We all have some sort of, if we think of like common humanity, pain struggles, right? So like, We've all had someone who's probably uh, rejected us, turned us down at some point in time, whether it's a friend, whether it's a job, whether it's a relational thing. And sometimes like we feel like we're on an island. We're the only person yeah. who's experienced this. And then we become self-critical and we become hard on ourselves. which then, as I often say, makes a difficult situation more difficult than it needs to be. Because life is hard, right? We're yeah. not going to deny that. We're all going to feel pain. We're all going to suffer. We're all going to experience a loss. We're all going to fail at some point in time. It's part of, part of living. But when we are more critical on ourselves, we're making that piece harder than it needs to be. And then the third thing, when we think about self-compassion, is the idea of we need to be mindful of our distress, right? People often have a tendency, when we're not feeling good, we want to avoid it. We want to engage in behaviors that push that stuff away. And what I find is that if we do that for everything, right? So imagine something's coming, like a stressful thing is coming towards me, something I don't like, something's distressing. I just take it and I throw it behind myself, right? I can't deal with this. Punt I can't it. deal with this. Yeah, punt it. I'm not going to deal with it. Well, that pile usually gets pretty high, right? Because if we keep throwing things behind us, it's not going away. It's just behind us. And eventually it falls down on top of us because the pile is so high. And at that point, people will come see me in my job and what I do. And I'll be like, well, what? what's the thing that brings you here? And they're like, I don't know. And I believe them because there's so many things. Where do I start? Yeah, exactly. As opposed to, well, let me take a look at this thing. I think I can figure this out. Okay. So, so you're talking about earlier, your idea of like, I don't know if I love doing this anymore. Right. Right. So if you didn't take time to sit and think about that, why don't I do it? What do I need to do for myself? And you're like, I'm just going to throw it back. I can't do for a while. Yeah, so then the next one comes, and you don't like that topic, and the next one comes. Boom, boom, boom. Eventually, it gets to the point, you're like, I just don't want to do this anymore. And then it goes away, yeah. because you've been avoiding so much that it falls down on top of you. So those are kind of the three components when we think about self-compassion. How are we treating ourselves? How are we managing our stress? And are we putting ourselves on an island when we don't need to? When we can see like there's a commonality around all of us, around some of these issues that we struggle with, like COVID, right? We've all experienced COVID over the past two years and it's impacted us all very differently. We all have the idea of like not being able to talk to our parents or not being, uh, having demands put on us that have never been put on us before or putting ourselves in danger. Right? Like I know a lot of the physical therapists probably had to go into the hospital during the height of it to do what they needed to do. Or some people with like instability in their jobs, like my job closed down for X amount of times. I don't know what I'm going to do next. But we all have that, that comment of like, I'm dealing with a stressor that I don't know and brand new and we have to figure it out. So without, oh, please.
0: I was going to say, but, but feeling like you're the only one dealing with it can make it worse, worse.
2: Because if you feel like you're on an Island, you feel like no one else, no one else has experienced it. So what do we typically do? No one else understands me. So then I can't talk to anybody about it. Right? If it's it's like, hey, hey, Jimmy, man, I, my life is pretty hard. Like I've been in my house for for two months and I haven't talked to anybody. And you're like, you know what? Me too. Then we can work on that together. And yeah, on we have we have something forth. in common. Exactly. Or if I'm like, well, you know, other people have been able to like connect with people, uh, but I haven't. So i I must be by myself in that. Makes it so makes it a difficult situation.
0: This brings up two terms that I still go back to the episode we did, which was empathy and sympathy. Yeah. And which is. Um, you know, I, I might have a coworker, you know, kind of sharing with me what's going on in her life. And if I've never done that, saying like, I know exactly what you mean is not a mm-hmm. good thing to do. Because if yeah. I can't have sympathy for it, but you don't need to have sympathy, you could have empathy like, oh, I could imagine that must be very difficult. And this exactly. is where because of that episode we did I switch right to question mode. What about that is really overwhelming to you? Like, tell me more pat, about pat. that. Like, you know, I, not to like pat myself on the back, but it's a it's little. okay. You can
2: do it. That's, that's compassion.
0: My shoulder, pat, pat. Yeah. But um, it's, it was easier for me to help her dig out of her problem than it was for me to do my own. Is that normal? I'll give you, I'll give you the scenario. Yeah. She was like, I don't know what to do. I'm overwhelmed. I got like 50 things and I don't know which one to do first. And I was like, all right. So I like, I breathed Cause like, I wasn't stressed. Okay. She was. So I was able to be like, all right. And I literally walked over to my dry erase board. I'm like, tell me every project you had. And she listed like 12 of them. Mm-hmm. And then I just wrote like, what's the, what is the absolute like date that you need this done by? And we listed them and then I reorganized them in chronological order. And she was like, Oh, they're spread out over like six months. And I'm like, yeah. So like, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple in, within two weeks here, but like the rest are like two months away. And she was like, oh, so that feels like her throwing everything behind yeah, her and not even wanting to look. Can't deal with it. But ironically, super easy for me to help her. But 20 minutes before that, I was overwhelmed. I didn't do the dry race board thing because <laughs> no. I felt alone.
2: Yeah. Much easier said than done. Like, said. I feel, I feel like I have the easiest job in the world because it's like I make suggestions,
0: you make choices so that is that is my favorite saying from peloton do you watch do you ride? I, totally, totally, I, totally I make that. suggestions you make decisions. decisions i'm like i love totally. that one yeah shout out to dennis morton he's a great no, peloton a great peloton
2: but i think that part of it is like when you're doing and it, it's hard to kind of see it you get in this echo chamber in your head and it's like it just goes around and around and around and then when you can put it out in the world because i can't tell you how many times someone has said to me when i heard it it sounded ridiculous to me right I was thinking it to make complete sense, but then I said it out loud and I heard it, it makes sense to me, or it sounds ridiculous to me.
0: That's a good example, like with with COVID, right? Because we're not around the same – a lot of us weren't around the same networks physically.
2: Yeah, physically, yeah. Right?
0: Like I talk to a gajillion people a day, but I don't talk to a lot of them in person, right? It's this like forced – Conversation. We're like, all right, we've got a Zoom meeting. It's six thirty. Okay, we got like twenty seven more minutes. All right, what do we need to get done? I'm like, there was there was a lot of um b- skipping to the business part and less to the human part. And I'm like, humans are going to human. And if you take the human out of it, we don't know what we're doing.
2: Yeah, not know it's hard. Doing. Like a lot of, I think a lot of enjoying my job and what I do is the ability to walk out of my office, knock on the person's door next to me, and say. What do you think about this? Oof, let me get your that's opinion on this. It's
0: such a big deal.
2: And then being able to, if we're thinking about where we're at now or, or as we're transitioning back, like, you figure that out on your own. Yeah. You know? And being able to manage that on your own. And it's always good to get someone else's opinion so we're not isolating ourselves. And they well, can that you that know.
0: context, right, that we started with, with the eyebrow test. Like, when I had a boss, I always had context. I always had mm-hmm. a guardrail or, you know, like, I had the side of the pool. But when you're the boss, you're like, I'm in the ocean. There's no, there's no side of the pool, there's no context. Am I close? Like, I don't know who do, who do I ask? And like, for me, of course, I feel alone because Jimmy does weird Jimmy things. I've like invented <laughs> jobs and I do weird crap. Who do I ask? I'm like, I don't know. No. The funny part is just saying it out loud, even to people who have no idea what I do, I have to like, you know, by explaining it, I'm like, Oh yeah, never mind. Like a lot of times I will call people for help like i need help on this and then i will like vomit all the things i need to do and things i need to get done and then by the time they're it's their turn to talk i'm like i actually thank you i'm good yeah
2: you're done i'm done
0: i needed to say it out loud it's so weird well i guess it's not that weird
2: no i think it's part of sometimes you just kind of need to throw up on the flight tell people all the time just come in throw up on my floor and then walk out with what you don't want. throw up
0: on my floor yeah, get needed, it all out I get it all it. out
2: you don't need it i can take it i'll
0: clean it up We're good on my floor. So hold on a second. So that's, those were three for self-compassion, right?
2: Those are three for self-compassion. So how are we treating ourselves? We're not alone. (laughs) And be mindful of the things that are causing us stress.
0: Got it. Okay. So now what's, now where does gratitude factor in?
2: Gratitude is basically an appreciation of the things around you. Okay. So and the things around you could come from the person. Before you and I hopped on, uh, before you and I started doing this, we had a very nice conversation. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful that I got to have that conversation to be, you know, to you hear about your life and you can hear a little bit about my life. And like, it's good to connect with a, with a friend from time to time. And I'm grateful that I have people in my life that I can do that with. But Sometimes I don't think about that. Yeah. Sometimes I'm like, oh, why is that? Or I can be grateful for the stuff that I can do and I do well. So if we're thinking about people if we're thinking about students. Right. I'm grateful that I have a level of intelligence. I'm grateful that I'm able to pick things up pretty quickly. or I'm grateful that I'm pretty resilient in what I do. Or I'm grateful that I have people around me that can remind me of that when I need
1: it. Yeah.
0: Like that whole, um, we're doing it. So, oh, so here's how I tie it together. So mm-hmm. instead of me looking like the show, PT Pinecast was like Sports Center, just a show. I started looking at it like it was ESPN. It was a whole network. Mm-hmm. So now every month and a half when Jamie comes on, the show shifts to psychology. Mm-hmm. It's still sports, but we're we're watching hockey That's and not true. baseball, right? It's not Sports Center; it's the hockey show. And when I shifted there, my mindset shifted, and I got real excited because I was like, "These are all the things that excite me." And now there's a new exciting thing that I get to delve into a little bit every week. And one of those is I've got three um, PT friends, and we you know go to conferences together, and it just so happens I'm the only dude. It's three females and me, mm-hmm. and. I'm like, we need to have a show because we have great conversations about stuff that's happening. And now I'm like terribly excited that once every month and a half, it's just going to be the four of us. But having those people to throw up on their floor or whatever, just knowing us there is a gigantic weight off your shoulders.
2: Yeah, And I think that in that example, like there's two places you can provide this gratitude, right? You can provide gratitude in the, in the your ability. I'm very grateful that I can think on the fly And I can change the way I'm thinking as opposed to getting stuck in ruts. The second one is I have great people around me. And I'm grateful that they're a part of my life and they're in my life. Right. And I think that sometimes, sometimes, especially when we get so entrenched in what we do, that we tend to forget that stuff. And sometimes we only tend to focus on like what's not working out for us. And I think that one of the exercises that people can do is like kind of force yourself to be mindful of the things that you do well or the things that you're grateful for in your life. And that's going to bring you up.
0: Do you That's really important. tell people like, do like, like, how do you tell, how do you arm people that see you? Like, do you tell them like, take an inventory and remember what your tools are? Like what?
2: So I think there's a lot of different ways. So we're thinking specifically about gratitude because we'll talk about that first. Like if there's someone in your life that you truly are grateful for, write them a thank you note. Say thank you for whatever it is that they did. I'm grateful for this. And you know what? It's going to make you feel good. And when you write that note, they're probably going to feel good too. And maybe make it a practice, right? So at the end of every month, or the end of every week, just write a thank you note, or write a something. Write a text. Write an email. You right. know, I used to love. I mean, this is way back in the day when we were in college. But man, I loved getting mail. Like I loved going mail to my mailbox. We're mail. Oh, remember, you'd like if you got mail, you'd like walk by all your <laughs> friends' dorm rooms, like got mail today, ladies and gents. Someone thinks of me. It I don't really know, was does. the
0: fact that someone thought enough to send a piece of paper and put a stamp on it, and it somehow got there.
2: Yeah, yeah, and it was like you felt so good as you're walking down that dorm room felt so great i think that still exists even though we were in college a long time ago ago, yeah long time ago but it still feels good to see that you're appreciated by someone in your life and you get to feel the good feeling of like writing it and seeing that so i think that's one thing you can do when it's very easy
0: I, I wonder when that moment was. But when you were a kid, everybody's like, it's the thought that counts. And when you're a kid, you're like, give me stuff. <laughs> and then there is a moment where you're like, I actually preferred the giving part. And you're like, what the hell happened? Like, I, do I not like stuff anymore? And it's like, no, like, you, yes, you do. But like, you valued that thing. You are grateful for that thing. Or you liked that relationship. Or you were like, the, the, the get for you was watching someone enjoy something.
2: Exactly. Like to see that joy in a person's face is great, and I know, like, one of the great joys that I have is like making someone laugh. Like, like right. when you get going, you're, oh, yeah. you're 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 pretty fun to get going. And I have a couple people in my life like I intentionally try and make laugh. There you go. They intentionally because it's like I know that made them feel good, and I feel uh-huh. good hearing that sort of thing. I also, also don't give up. You know, I I
0: might I've been told by ex girlfriends like you laugh way too easy, and I'm like I maybe.
2: Well, you have two like when like you, you have a couple you have a couple of chuckles and like when you get going like the
0: face gets yeah like i right do right I
2: yeah.
0: um how about self-compassion i don't want to skip over that like how so, do you tell people like like arm yourself or reflect or what is it
2: so well one more with with the with the gratitude and the other one you mentioned already count your blessings so at yeah. the end of, end of every week three things that went, went really well three things i'm grateful for easy one to do so when we're thinking about self-compassion so to to address the self-critical one, which I think is, is the most one. Because I think that some people, for whatever le- reason, learn that the only way that they're going to work hard is if they're beating themselves up. Like, if I call myself dumb, if I am hard on myself, then I'm going to work. Which I can't deny is an avenue to get people to work, but it's not the only avenue. Yeah. And I think that people realizing that they don't need to be self-critical to be functional and to do well is very helpful. So the one thing that we can do to address that critical self is... Ask yourself, would I talk to a friend the way that I talk to myself, right? So if I get a B plus on a test and I call myself stupid, I'm a failure. You're not. You got a B plus on a test. Every every PT school that you're in, if you get B pluses on everything, they will call you doctor graduate. Yeah. Even if you get, I think it's B. You can get B's. Maybe a couple. You can't get B
0: minuses. Well, that's how we are. Or you can't average
2: B minuses, right? You, b- is, we you, could get,
0: yeah, in my program if you could get three b I think, yeah. well, you could get two but you couldn't get a third yeah yeah
2: and the, the average has to be up but right. like if you get a b plus you are not an idiot so would you be like would you go up to your friend and if your friend got a b plus would you no, call them stupid no would you call them no. a moron no so why would you do it to yourself
0: i don't know we uh we d- i do though
2: yeah yeah and it's it's asking yourself what's the purpose of that like is it truly because per- I can't deny that negative self-talk does propel people forward. Like it does. For some people it is a motivator, but for me, it's the tipping point of like, are you propelling yourself forward? Or are you beating yourself up? Right. Because if you're having a hard time, so say you get a C on a test, right? And you're kicking yourself. And I mean, you're really giving it to yourself. You're just kicking a person who's laying down on the ground as opposed to, I got a C on a test. What can I do next to help me be successful? Because I guarantee if you kick yourself for one C, the next test is going to be a lot harder to get a better yeah. grade. Or if it's like, I got to see on a test, what did I do wrong? And how can I make it better? Do I need to talk to a professor? Do I need to go check my study habits? Do I need to start a study group? What do I need to do different? Let's, instead of beating ourselves up, let's sit in the moment of like, I didn't get a grade that I wanted. But then how do we propel ourselves forward to be like, what can I take from this to learn? So this doesn't happen again. And me kicking myself is not going to help them.
0: Yeah. That's um. Did you read like stoicism? Are you familiar with like stoicism? I mean, I know the term.
2: I, I read. Uh, I, read I, I read Shakespeare a long time ago.
0: Yeah, I haven't like read a ton, but the stuff that I've read is like um, changing a mindset from like why is the why is the universe doing this to me to like what is this what what can I learn from this what is this teaching me yeah and, like just that mindset shift. Uh, It's not magic, but it kind of is. It's allowing you to say like, all right, this sucks. I mean, like I I default back for this and people who listen to the show will know, but you talk about what, you know, endurance sports was a great, teacher for me because yeah. like you get your ass kicked for a long time that's how mm-hmm. i mean i'm not i'm not fast i can go at a medium pace but for a long time i say i do triathlons because it allows me to be mediocre at three things in one day that's a efficient <laughs> meteorocity yeah. um,
2: that's, that's taking your uh, strengths and moving in the right direction
0: it's like hey you know what this is just what i'm gonna do all day but but with that it was like it really was like what is this teaching me it's like i'm not having a great day right now i'm running like a minute slower per mile what are you like all right well I'm out here and I could have quit. And that was like the thing too, right? When you're in dude endurance sports, like you could quit at any moment. Most people aren't gonna know.
2: Oh, yeah. You only you.
0: Yeah, you you hold yourself to that.
2: Yeah, and I think that when we're thinking about that, it's what's in your control, what's out of your control, right? So you can't control a lot of the things that happen. To you but you can control your reaction to it
0: i know people tell me that after i've overreacted and i hate hearing it then
2: i know it's 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 not pleasant to hear especially if i'm wrong but it is true it's like all right it so is. this thing happened how do i want to manage it and usually if we're just basing our decision off pure emotion that might not be the best the best decision but if it's like all right let me take a step and think about it all right yeah like you you can't dictate how much work you're going to have to do in a semester. What you can do is like, how am I going to study for this? How much time am I going to take? Right. The amount of time I dedicate, that's what's in my control. I can't control what's on a test, but I can control what I study to make sure that I'm ready for that test. Which
0: what else we need to know, what else we need to know about self-compassion? And
2: self-compassion. The second one is also with a set of critical self-talk, the idea of like when we call ourselves stupid, right? Working to disprove that. I'm stupid. No, I'm not. And here's the 10 reasons why I'm not, okay? Because people will just throw that blanket statement on And when we say stuff like I'm dumb, stupid, I'm not good enough, I'm an imposter, whatever it may be, but then working to find ways to disprove it. So like, I'm an imposter. Well, no, you, no I'm not, I got into grad school. And they don't just like throw resumes up in the air and like, we're gonna take this guy right here. Like you earned your spot to right. be there. Whether you stay there is up to you, but you earned your spot to be there. Or you got to see in a test. I'm dumb. You're not dumb because you're in your second year of PT school. There's no, there's no place on the earth where you're dumb. Might have had a, might have had a rough day, but you're not dumb. So when we're saying things about this, working to disprove that belief.
0: There's just some concepts too, right? I mean, like the, the, the phrase I love because it put things in context for me was, um, if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, the fish will think it's stupid its whole life. put that fish in water and that fish swims man and i was like i was like the king of the 88 in pt school i would study with people the same amount of time right Mm -hmm. it's a great like study because we all studied the same material for the same time had the same teachers and we get different grades and you're like why like am i stupid am i smart yada yada and it just so happened like i either i picked up what i was going to pick up in four hours the additional eight neither hurt me or helped me it was zero it was like so I might as well just start to four yeah because I just got 88s I never got a 95 I never got a 75 but I was just like this is how this is this is not how smart I am but these are the grades I get I'm an idiot
2: and that's a helpful thing to know about yourself and like okay I can accept this about myself and that's what we're going to do moving forward like 88 is going to get me through and I mean I don't know about you but no one's ever asked me any test grades ever
0: no one's ever asked to see my college degree. I mean, it's in a frame. I'm not going to bring it to a job or anything. I mean, I'm, I'm sure someone checks somehow, but I've hired people. I've never checked.
2: Yeah. yeah. I, I don't mean,
0: know. I wouldn't even know how to check if you have a degree. You call the school?
2: I mean, I think that and students that I work with hate hearing this, so I don't say it very often. But, like, people don't care. People want to know, can you help me? Right. I have a problem. Can you help me? I don't care That's what it. degree you have. I don't care what letters you have. I don't care what test grade you have. Can you help me? Because I've been with a lot of smart people. that couldn't help me.
0: Right. I I I mean, this is what I do for marketing and communications and stuff like that. I have to untrain people first, and I have to. I realize now I have to do it delicately.
2: Mm-hmm. So well, I have to say, really delicately.
0: Yeah, like I appreciate your PhD and your 12 years experience doing this, but the first four slides of your presentation probably shouldn't be about you.
2: Yeah, and then so I usually it- get it in there right away.
0: Right, I'm like, listen, people don't care. What do they say? People don't care what you know until they know that you care. And I push back and I go, people don't care what you know or that you care until they figure out, can this person help me do a thing that I want help with? That's yes. the first thing.
2: I mean, that's the business that we're in. You know, I, you, you just... and I are in very different fields, but when you distill it down to his essence, our job is to help another person, whether it's help them with mobility or help them manage the stressors that are in their lives.
0: And that, and that, so when you when you put it that way, and this is how I talk to people. I talk to them in terms of a movie, and I say like use narrative, right? And I go back to Star Wars because it's a really easy, popular example. And I was like, if you keep if you keep framing the story where you're Luke Skywalker, if Jamie's the story, if Jamie's the hero of the story, then Jimmy doesn't know where he fits. And I sort of reject. I'm like, okay, that's a great story about Jamie. I'm still still stupid, and I still can't get what I, what I want. Mm-hmm. If you twist it, and you're like, I have worked with people with. With, your, with a similar situation that you have, and I can help you get to where you want. You now are Yoda. I get to be the Luke in my story. That's a story that I want to be a part of. Talk to me about me all day. It's the sexiest noise I'll ever listen to.
2: Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean, I, you touched on this a little bit earlier, but people are the experts on themselves. Yes. People know themselves better than anybody else in the world. So whether yep. it's my job or you're like, they know how much pain they can go. They, they know like what they experience when you're trying to move something that they don't want to move. Same thing for me. Like, people know what they had for breakfast. People know those deep, dark things they don't want to tell anybody else. People are the experts on themselves, and we just have to allow them to show that expertise. And sometimes they don't believe that. And that's part of my job is to help them realize, like, you're the expert on yourself. Like, you have the solution to this problem. We might need to write it on a whiteboard and get everything out, but like, you have the solution to this problem. And if you don't, we'll work on it together. Right. You're not believing that part. Yeah.
0: Do people, are you familiar with the term sandbagging? You're you're oh, you know sandbagging. Yeah, sandbag, it's so like right. golf here and there. So like I've seen people do this to the point where like people will comment like she's a sandbagger, like he, she's gonna she's gonna walk into this test and she's gonna say, I'm gonna fail up until the test, and then she's gonna get a 98 and be like, I don't know what happened there. Is that like her, like someone? I, I won't say who this is in my life who did that a lot, but like <laughs> is that her or this someone or someone doing this like protection? Cause like they need so, to do that uh, negative talk. So I think that there's probably, a, could be a
2: couple of different things going on, but like, it's much easier to think that you're going to fail and be successful than it is versus. to think that you're going to be successful and then
0: fail. And then get hit with it.
2: Exactly. But I challenge people with like, if you fail, if the ultimate goal is you fail and whether you thought about you were going to fail or you weren't going to fail, does it hurt any less? And most people really? are like, well, hurts 10% less. I said, but for that 10%, for that entire test, you thought you were going to fail. Right. Is
0: it worth it? My, my question also is like, are they? I, I feel like the person I'm like, and there was also athletes that I would be around, like crazy fast triathletes, yeah. and they're like, well, I'm really off. Like they just like sandbag it, and they come in there and they, they like win the race. Part of me is like, they're it's exterior. Like they actually think that they're not as they know that they're not as bad as they're portraying. Mm-hmm. But if they say like I'm off exteriorly if they don't perform for some reason it takes like a little bit of stress off them because they yeah. called it they called it yeah. was going to be that bad
2: we have a little bit of an excuse so that makes right. it a little bit easier
0: right you plan it they planted that seed where it's like a little bit of an excuse
2: yeah yeah, yeah. so it, it and that that can be protective in a way
0: what else do uh What else should students know as as you wrap up at finals? That's a super stressful time for for everybody. Like imagine, I mean, we're, you know, we're both out of school, but imagine like at the end of every year, your boss was like, "And we're gonna review everything you did for the year, just in a, in a ninety minute test. Don't no, be no big whoop." And That's I'd be no like, "What? Remember that would so?
2: be a very rough test. I don't Ooh. know if it's still have my job. I to study okay, for that like one."
0: That. So, what advice do you like when you when you see because in your role at, at Thomas Jefferson, you you work with students faculty, staff the whole nine yep. um, students being a big chunk of that like what what things are, are common What how do you how do you help them what, what do you throw their way
2: I think a lot of it is like since we've gotten to this point and it kind of, it depends obviously it depends on the individual but like most of the people who have gotten to this point have gotten through two semesters at minimum of school they did their you know their fall another in their spring and we take a look have you been successful yes what's allowed you to be successful let's do that All right so if we're thinking about athletes right it's most of athletes athletics is the preparation and then when you go to do the thing you just rely on what you prepared Right. So when you're, yeah so when you're a tri when you do your triathlons it's basically i prepared i prepared on the day of you're not thinking about well what do i need to do here what are you go right you hop into water and you start swimming sort of thing and it's the same type of thing like what's allowed you to be successful over the course of this time and then helping them get in the right mindset of like how are you treating yourself all right are you sleeping? Are you eating? Are you engaging in the things that keep you well? Making sure that we're not taking that away. All right. And I talk about this constantly, but like taking a break sometimes is a good thing. Like sometimes people are like, well, I got to study for 12
0: hours. No, no I used to do that too. And I and, knew, but I still did it.
2: Yeah. Sometimes it's like at hour 10, it doesn't matter what's it's going it's in like, the last two hours. It doesn't make anything.
0: It's the law of diminishing returns, man. You're losing more than you're getting. Like I, I, I knew that I was never, I never deprived myself of sleep too extreme. Like I might study till like midnight or one. Some people be like, I'm pulling all nighter, but like there's studies out there, like an hour, two hours, three hours lost sleep, like you, you lose IQ points at that point.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, at, at some point, if sleep deprivation is if you were drinking too much of this stuff,
0: yeah, well, that doesn't yeah, help so, either.
2: So I think that part of it is like you taking a break or you maybe cutting your study time for two hours and go do something you enjoy. We
0: good did that. Thing. PT students are pretty good. at like I'm going to go to the gym for an hour. That's, that's, that's productive.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that can also count as studying because you're allowing yourself the, the time to refresh
0: process, reflect, digest. Yeah. And sometimes
2: about- you can make it, you know, applicable to the situation. Cause sometimes the easiest thing is to make something real. Like if you look at it in a textbook, it's like, all right, this makes sense to me. But if you can like touch it and understand it,
0: so much yeah. easier. Dude, I mean, I tell people all the time. I when I when I give talks to to students, I tell them how I started this podcast when I was a student, and I'm like, I used to I used to use the podcast to cheat, and people are like, what? I'm like, yeah, I would like have a paper or a thing due, and I would like go interview experts in that thing, or like I'd find a book, but I wouldn't read it. I'd go interview the author, and like. Can you do that? I'm like, yes, you you yeah, can talk yeah. to people, are resources. Google yeah. is not the only way you can learn something. And it makes it real. And now you can ask in-depth questions or get context.
2: Yeah. And I think that's what helps. But I think that for people, it's like doing the things that have allowed you to be successful. Treat yourself good. And if you got good things around you, allow yourself to see that. Like don't treat make yourself, this, treat yourself,
0: treat yourself. Uh, the phrase I think someone taught me was don't forget who brought you to the dance. And it's like, if you get all the way to, you know, if you get all the way to PT school, or you get all the way to grad school. It's like, well, I'm going to completely change how I study. It's like you you got all the way to the Major League Baseball. You're going to change your swing. Now. You're going to bat lefty now. Yeah,
2: doesn't that's make any sense. Idea.
0: Well, everybody else is batting lefty. It's like, yeah, but they all batted lefty to get here. Maybe you Fair bat righty one. because you batted righty. I don't know.
2: I mean, that's a whole different topic, the comparisons between ourselves and others. But, you know, we can make sure yeah. we hit that. That's but yeah, um, I think that remind yourself like I can do this. Let's let's go in with a positive, do. positive
0: mindset as opposed to let's hope. Yeah, hope's not a plan, man. Yeah. All right, you ready to do uh, three questions? All right, I'm ready. Let's do three questions. All right, three questions are brought to you by our friends at Jackson Therapies. Uh, excuse me, Jackson Therapy Partners. Providing awesome adventures in patient care for physical therapists who care about where they're going. Find more at JacksonTherapy.com. Doing some travel physical therapy right there with Jackson Therapy Partners. All right. First question on three questions. We mix, we we changed them up. All right. Who is I don't know someone, any of them so who is someone the audience should follow to learn more about today's topic? Like who are writers out there that that like people could like PTs that like, they could digest? Like someone like me, like. An author, someone they can follow on Twitter, TikTok, Um, I don't know if there's TikTok psychology, but there should be.
2: It probably is. Probably is. Let's see. Probably Kristen Neff. She's big in uh, self-compassion. And then um, Robert Emmons um, is big in
0: gratitude. All right. That's uh, the first question on three questions. The second one is... um, what is something the audience should take a look at if they want to take a deeper dive into some of the things? Like, would you suggest a book? Would you suggest a website? Like, where would you send a patient? If you're like, here's a little more, like, do you guys have like, like PTs do like home exercise plans. Like, you print out stupid stick figures of exercises, what would you, what would you hand someone? What's a thing?
2: Uh, let's see. Um, what would I hand someone? I think that, so you can actually Google these. Um, but there is a sheet that basically, so the idea of like, I'm stupid, right? And then it's like, it's almost like a courtroom and the judge is has the, I'm stupid. And then you make the case for I'm stupid and I'm against, I'm stupid. And you can- Like a uh, workflow. Yeah, like a workflow sort of thing. So kind of prove your case to the judge and if it's no good, you can throw it out. I like it. Um, if you're looking for a book, Chris anything from Kristen Neff, and you can just Google Kristen Neff. Um, Perfect. And N-E-F, she'll be- <laughs> There's plenty of resources there for that.
0: All right. And ultimately, people have been listening to us talk about this. But why should people care about this this particular topic? Why is this overall important? Why why are these things important to focus on?
2: Because if you don't, it's going to lead you to feel down, which could lead to feeling depressed, or it's going to make you feel anxious. Because if you don't feel like you can do it, and if you feel um, overly critical of yourself, or you feel like you're all alone, you're going to feel anxious. And if you don't see the good that you do and the good that is around you and you don't lift yourself up, it's going to bring it down and
0: may make you feel depressed. And there's that burnout thing. I'm guessing. Then we, yeah, then we're moving into burnout and all that stuff. All right. Last thing we do on the show is the parting shot. <music> All right, Party Shot is brought to you by the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy. Find them online at orthopt.org. Cranking out resources. They've got uh, current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy. Find it at orthopt.org. Perfect roadmap from wherever you are in your orthopedic career, students, new grads, seasoned professionals, doesn't matter, to uh, becoming a better orthopedic PT. That's it. It's a great roadmap. That's how maps work, guys. doesn't matter where you start. you're on the map they can get you to where you want to go so uh find out how that resource and some others they've got at orthopt.org can help you all right parting shot jamie you've done this before just your last idea mic drop moment last sentiment you want to leave with the audience on this topic or any topics doesn't matter
2: uh if you're going to be your biggest critic be your biggest cheerleader
0: i like that short and sweet but i mean be kind to yourself right it's reminding like hey you can be super Hard on yourself, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, get your stuff together, get, your, get you know, get your stuff together, get it done. But you gotta say, when you when you've gotten your stuff together, make sure you like make sure you recognize that. Just
2: balance it out. Be fair, be,
0: be fair, fair to fair. yourself. I like that at the, at fair the fair
2: very minimum, be fair. You don't have to be positive, but be fair.
0: I like that. Be you know what you're not uh uh pessimist says the glass is uh half empty uh optimist says the glass is half full realist says the glass is twice as big as it needs to be that's what that's that's being at least that's balance That's fair
2: the fair person is there's something in the glass i can drink out of it
0: there it is uh jimmy appreciate this we'll have you back on soon what do you want to talk about next what's what's in the future
2: what do you think (sighs) we should
0: do next imposter syndrome we touched on it we can
2: do imposter syndrome
0: that comes up so much i'd never even heard of the term until i got to pt school
2: i never had until it wasn't it was you know i think the reason why is because as you go further on in education, like you, you realize what you don't know as opposed to what you do know. So if like someone stinks at their job and no one tells them, they don't think they're an imposter. But no, if you're means. like, oh, look at what I know and look at the mountain of stuff I don't know, I must not deserve to be here. Like that's it. kind of the essence of it.
0: All right, well, we'll think about something good for uh, for the next time. Maybe we'll do imposter syndrome. But uh, Jamie uh we appreciate your time. And uh, they say the, the best conversations happen at happy hour. Thank you for coming to ours.
1: The P.T. Pinecast is a product of P.T. Pinecast, LLC. It is hosted and produced by P.T. Pinecast CEO Jim McKay and CBO Sky Donovan from Marymount University. We talk P.T., drink beer, and record it. This has been another pour from the P.T. Pinecast. The P.T. Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.